This is 100 Days of Dante, a podcast journey through Dante's divine comedy, one canto at a time. Join us online at 100daysofdante.com. Let's read together. Welcome to Dante's Paradise, Canto 7, where he and Beatrice have this beautiful conversation about the work of the saving work of Christ. So the canto largely focuses on understanding the death and resurrection of Jesus. And they start off by asking this, this, this question, uh, why was it just to punish what was just? Which is just a great way of putting it. Now, so, so if Jesus's death and resurrection was a good work, if, the, if this created justice, if it was a work of justice, and it, which, which blessed you know, all of creation, why punish anyone for killing Jesus if they were actually doing us all a favor? Um, and in particular, why punish the Jews for crucifying their Lord? So that, that's how Dante starts off the question. Um, the answer draws first from Augustine, although Dante doesn't say as much. And he says, look, Adam affected the whole race, and he, he uses seed imagery. So Adam and Eve, on the one hand, they were individuals, but on the other hand, they are the, the seed from which all of humanity flows. So when something happened to Adam and Eve, when they distorted their own nature by falling and sinning, they affected not merely the plant which they were to become, they affected the seed and therefore every plant that came from that line. So we were all affected in the fall of Adam and Eve. So the word of God reunited human nature to himself, according to Dante, restoring it by the sole act of eternal love. The goal here isn't just righting a wrong or undoing a problem or doing away with our sin. The problem was a matter of reuniting. So God, when God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve, Dante thinks, yeah, there was union there. There, there was not just a relationship, but a, some sort of powerful connection that was meant to be between Adam and Eve and God that was broken by sin in the fall. And the incarnation was to bring about that union once more. Uh, the word of God reuniting human nature to himself. Now, the human nature had been created good. Adam and Eve were good, uh, a part of the very good creation. So, so that wasn't the problem. Um, Adam, by sinning, did something to himself that resulted in, his, in damage to his, to his body, to his soul, to being banned from, from the garden, to being banned from paradise. Jesus, now, so Dante skips all of salvation history, all the Israel, the covenants and everything, and he jumps right to Jesus. And he says that Jesus assumed the punishment on the cross, right? So, so what, what was happening here was this punishment, the, the, the death, which had been promised in Genesis and now is being fulfilled on the cross, that punishment, and he uses punishment language, is completely just with reference to the nature so the nature that the eternal son of God assumed, human nature, deserved punishment. It, so Jesus, God became man. God became something that needed punishment because he had inherited that from the line of Adam and Eve, that broken and corrupted seed. So Jesus' death was entirely just with reference to the nature that was assumed. But it was lawless concerning the person. The person, the eternal word of God, had not himself sinned, so it was wrong to punish 
the person, it was right to punish the nature. God became man so that that could all happen in one. So why was it a just act? The justice has to do with the nature. Why was it an unjust act? Because of who the person is. So the Jews were punished by God for doing an act against a person, but God was right in assuming this nature so that what happened in himself could have saving effects. That's Dante's answer. Or sorry, that's Beatrice's answer. Now Dante responds, not being quite satisfied. Like, okay, that's not really enough of an answer. Uh, He wants to know, yeah, but why did God choose to do it in this particular way? Why not? Why not something else? Right? I mean, this this is brutal. Uh, this is horrific. Uh, this is this is the great wrong of history. This is the great sin of history. You know, slaying the incarnate Lord. If there's one sin in all of all of creation history that would be the worst sin, this would be it. Why choose that as the way of bringing about salvation? Now, Anselm back in the 11th century wrote a famous text about this, answering this question. And he said, look, there are two ways of addressing the problem. Either we need to be punished in order for God to reestablish order and in harmony and justice in creation. So either God needs to punish us or we need to offer satisfaction. And to offer satisfaction means to offer something to God that's so good and so beautiful and so honorable in, in the place of our sin, that it sort of balances the spreadsheet, and, and God is honored more than he would have been if we hadn't sinned. Now, of course, there's nothing like that, so we need to be punished. <clears throat> and Anselm goes on to say, so what God does, rather than punish us, because, you know, he could, but that would leave creation mostly just in, in, in ruins, and what joy would that bring the maker? Um, Anselm's answer is to say, yeah, God became man in order to offer satisfaction for us. Jesus is able to offer something so good and so beautiful to the Father that it outweighs all of our sin. That's Anselm's solution. Dante says, "Mm, no, I don't like the way of setting that up. Instead of either punishment or satisfaction, Dante says either pardon or satisfaction. So either God could forgive us, or there could be some way of offering satisfaction. Now, satisfaction is impossible on our part. He and Dante, or sorry, he and Anselm completely agree on that. Um, and the problem there is that we can't make ourselves as low as we had tried to make ourselves high in our pride. So however, however high we'd try to make ourselves uh, when, when we sinned against God, we would have to make ourselves that low or lower in order to offer satisfaction, and that's impossible. So we need restoration. We need some kind of satisfaction. And Dante's words for that is, it needs to be done according to God's own ways, according to God's own laws. The more a work stands in accord with the outpouring of his generous heart, the more it's cherished by an architect. So God could have done any number of different things in order to bring about our salvation. One would be he could simply forgive. What Dante does is he says, look, let's think about an architect. Like an architect can just build a building, right? Yeah. But the more that an architect weaves into that building his own character and and, and ideas and spirit, the more joy he has in that building. And that's what God as the good creator, the architect of all creation does. He weaves as much of himself as possible into the works that he does. 
So if he, so by giving himself, he gives a gift far more mighty than mere pardon. And all other means would have left justice poor. If he'd merely forgiven, it would have been like God setting aside his justice and saying, yeah, I'm not really that. That's not a part of me. I don't need that in my activity. And Dante says, no, everything that God is, because he's a good architect, he pours into this saving work. So he pours his mercy in, in this act of forgiveness. He pours his justice in by holding us accountable for our sin. Uh, he refuses to, to just choose one path. And he says, I'm going to take every path available to me in this complex work. So we have is an integration of love and mercy and law and justice. God is a God who has ways. He is a God of law, of justice and order. And he weaves this all in embracing the cross. The punishment of our fallen nature falls on him that fulfills God's testimony all throughout scripture about the, the, the response to and the punishment of sin in the form of death. In the process, God is absolutely fail, faithful to us healing and restoring us. Now, but here's the key to it all. Dante sees law and love as being perfectly connected. You can't love without law, and no law is good without love. And and Dante weaves these two together, and you see it everywhere. It's in poetry. There's all the law of structure of poetry filled with this rich, joyful, beautiful content. There's the structure of the divine comedy where in, in hell and purgatory and in heaven, there, there's the structure and the order, but it's all filled with love. Um, and then there's the, this is the very root of freedom and order, the thing that in, in purgatory is so clear, where if we are conformed to the order and law of the universe as God made it, then we are free to do whatever we desire and to be full of love and act accordingly. So Dante gives a, a, a twist on what Anselm was doing, saying, yeah, it's not either satisfaction or punishment. It's either pardon or satisfaction. Weaves them together and says, yeah, God does both because he's just that rich. Thank you for reading Dante's Divine Comedy with us. Continue the journey at 100daysofdante.com. 100 Days of Dante is brought to you by the Baylor University Honors College with support from the Torrey Honors College at Biola University, the Templeton Honors College at Eastern University, the University of Dallas, Whitworth University, and Gonzaga University in Florence.